Hello everyone, welcome back to Haunted Picture Palace. I am Ben, I am one of the hosts of this show. And this is Amelia. I'm the other one. Hello. Hello. Today, <laughs> in the Haunted Picture Palace, we are talking about the 1954 Universal Horror Film Creature from the Black Lagoon, comma, the. Which I'd never seen before, actually, before no. we did this. It's it's an odd one because it's a very famous film. Yes. But one I don't know if very many people have seen <laughs> these days. Well, no, it's memed to high heaven. I actually painted it before I saw it. <laughs> so, you know, it's an inspiring figure and certainly an iconic figure. But I find that with a lot of these proper monster fe- features, though. Mm-hmm. We know them from people referencing them throughout cartoon history, particularly. You know, it, it's a... It's a Scooby-Doo trope. It's oh, a absolutely. monsters appearances. It's all sorts of versions of Gilman. Yeah, and weirdly with this one, even though I haven't seen this, even though I hadn't seen this film before, I also have seen this film before a dozen times yeah. in all of those sort of slightly later things that would turn up on Channel Four at the weekends in the nineties, mm. often starring like Doug McClure, where some prehistoric monster thing washes up on a beach and then comes alive you know it's very much it very much set a template for a type of film that ran yeah. for 20 odd years i'm definitely there's a lot in my notes actually of in this film about themes of very specifically themes and shots of this film appearing in other films right ah. um i've only got one but we'll see what ha- when we get to it yeah we'll see, see what, what happens uh, yeah. the other thing i wanted to say just on that the memification Mm, if you like, that's a, that's a perfectly it's good word. Fine, as long as it's not pronounced Mimi. <laughs> the memification of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes, talking about these characters that we know, but we don't have to have seen the film to know them. I think it's strange that we watched The Shape of Water before we saw <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes, because it definitely should have been the other way round. <laughs> now I've seen it. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yes, yeah. yes. And and Del Toro's clearly seen this film. I mean, We've not even seen it, like adored it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oftentimes, we'd start with a content warning. I feel like I don't have anything here. This is a officially, according to the BBFC, it's a PG, generally, yeah. generally suitable for family viewing, but some scenes may be distressing for a young audience. If you're a moral vegan, you won't like it. And if you're trying to quit smoking... It's hard. Fair enough. I do feel like these are reaches. <laughs> I just feel like we should have a consistent pattern. Fair enough. So if I had to warn you of anything, it's of fish death and tabs. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Let's crack on, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Lovely. So I was aware going into this that it's a 76 minute film mm-hmm. and so I had a, a slight moment when I saw that the the opening of the film was at the dawn of time itself yeah opening per the bible but then going on to talk about evolution which is a nice sort of <laughs> mixture of theology cosmology do you want my note from that opening sequence please Lovely special effects to open, mega drama. We're learning about the weather, and this would make a great drum and bass sample. <laughs> Don't you think? That whole bit from the beginning would be really nice with the, some sort of uh, Venetian snares like getting a hold of it. Like a chumped up M and break over it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. 
oddly. Oddly, I know. <laughs> and again, because we're a fairly short film, we're straight into the action, I we feel are. like. With a extremely unlikely fossilised hand sticking out of a wall. Yeah, that we just tug. Yeah. It's probably not attached to anything. We'll be fine. <laughs> probably don't need that. Yeah, intact or to know anything about how it's lying down. No, and the fact that it just—it's just sticking out of a wall, as if it, as if it were not a fossil. Which is, let's not forget, the fossilization process is the turning to stone of organic material. Exactly. Yeah. So not like a puppet hand, hand you no, found in a wall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Said so time team was never like this. No, but it's funny. Uh, yesterday, Ben and I fell down a slight rabbit hole, off the back of the Arthur C. Clarke television show oh, yes, from the 70s yeah Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World yeah we were th- talking about the Crystal Skull that was found in uh, ooh, Borneo have I made that up I, um, I, I thought it was Honduras well I mean <laughs> citation needed it was bought at auction in the 30s but yes. the story was <laughs> yes. that yes it was found it was As the Maya the Maya people. It was the Maya people, and somebody thought believed that they'd found a part of uh, lost civilization, uh, specifically on their seventeen-year-old daughter's birthday, and found a very shiny thing, and it was this crystal skull. But I was thinking about it when they were doing this faux excavation with the slightly racial stereotype. Well, I say slightly, the extremely racially stereotyped natives saying yes. things like, "What that is, Doctor Maria?" <laughs> like. <laughs> They know how past participle works. Like, if they've bothered to learn English, they're fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We're all good. Yeah, it was just intriguing. It's been a bit of a theme, the the archaeological stuff, the science, the, the kind of science behind mysteries, I think, has been something we've been looking yeah, at by yeah, accident. Yeah, fair enough. And I do feel like this film makes more of an effort than most. We'll come on to it, because there's more of it coming up. Yeah. But to sort of ground it in some science... Even if it's preposterous, <laughs> yeah. um, I've certainly seen like less convincing scientists in films of this type. Yes, I think it's fair to say. Yes, definitely. And then I have the note here, which I'm aware this is something, and I was aware when I wrote this down that this was going to be great radio. But my note is, what's that? It's a dead one of these, which is that classic thing you do with your hand, your outstretched hand and five <laughs> fingers, with your palm up, and you say, "What's that?" And then you turn it over and you say it's a dead one of these. Did you ever do that at school? <laughs> I, know, I do know what you mean. Good. But they won't. So do write in if you know what we're talking <laughs> about. In fact, if you can send us a photo of what you think Ben is on about, that would be really fun. Uh, it's hauntedpicturepalace. At gmail.com. Yeah. And the reason I mentioned this is because immediately after, yeah, pretty well immediately yeah. after the finding of the quote-unquote fossilised hand with human and fish-like characteristics yes. one flops out of a pool to to the accompaniment of some spooky music gorgeous drama from that rubber glove is how I worded it <laughs> who loves short shorts? we love short shorts literally everybody in this film loves yeah. short shorts <laughs> nobody can deal with anything below the knee I love uh, the filming in the reeds where we're watching the reeds for a long time underwater, right? Yeah. And I was going, that's a really pretty shot. That's really nicely lit. And then you've got this like, oh, we're actually filming underwater in the 50s. <laughs> it's, and it's, there's, a, there's a lot of it. One thing I wasn't expecting mm. was how much 
this film is focused on the Black Lagoon. Yes, me neither. And how much of it happens underwater. Um, Well, working title, so it makes more sense when uh, you know that, right? It was the Black Lagoon. Yes, Then they were like, better put a creature in it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was around about here that we also get some nice instructional stuff about getting the bends, which I thought was going to be important plot wise later. Do you know, me too, and I think it probably was at one point and it got cut out. I assume that there was a terrifying moment where he came up in a panic Mm-hmm. to escape the creature and with the bends fell back into the water into the creature's arms that would be how i would have written it yeah in 1950s <laughs> adventure story right which is why we mention it at all yeah but it's but two or happens, three times that it's mentioned yeah in well the film. you know but then because it doesn't have a dramatic payoff it's just a little bit of instructional diving trivia <laughs> <laughs> in case anybody was should have seen this film and think gosh that looks a thrilling exciting I thing i wonder if they to... took advantage of it in the second one though they might have done something about it in the sequel maybe maybe somebody would have spotted it and been like oh we, <laughs> we dropped that like a hot stone <laughs> exposition chats with a z oh yeah uh, you're way too hot to be an ecthiologist is essentially what that man's saying oh i meant to look up ecthiologist it's fish of Study course of fish Yes, I should have known uh, that. But I only know that because we saw the trailer for the second one. Mm-hmm. We saw a part of the second one in which a plucky young scientist lady explains what right, what that well. is. So obviously the viewers were also confused the first time round. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, no, it is clear, to be fair, it is clear through the rest of the dialogue that he studies fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talks about fish a lot. Uh, my one note on Julie Adams, our lead female. Mm-hmm who's smiling at everything here with one of those absolutely impossible ponytails that's a perfect curl. I don't know how they do those, but it freak, they freak me out, and I also am deeply jealous. Um, I just put that she's got an incredible brow line. Her oh. eyebrows are next level. <laughs> They're really artistic. I don't know, there's something really... Um, Nicely painted and nicely woven about them. Mm. And they're very expressive. Yes, I thought she had quite a modern looking face. Yeah, it could be because of the brows. But yeah, it could be. Because heavy brows have been in for a flipping long time. We could have noticed the same thing. Tiger sharks, I've written with with an exclamation mark. Here it is, gentlemen, and you eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although... They do sort of fairly early on, it's around a bit here when they're discussing whether the lady is going to come on their like yeah. scientific expedition to, to the unknown. Yeah. And uh, any idea that she's too precious or fragile to be to come along mm. is given very short shrift. It is, which but... is surprising, although I suppose she has to be along for plot reasons. She has to be along for boob reasons, boob which I think reasons. is more interesting, right? Because if it was dismissed... So there's a few ways you could be a girl and be involved in something like this, looking at creature features, Mm -hmm. right? There's a few ways you can get the girl tagging, like being present enough to show boobs. So we can either have that the monster just randomly picked up some chick from the beach and now you're rescuing her. Yeah. We can have that you're the love interest of the really clever guy, which is what we have here. Yeah. But you're also a bit clever or you can't come. Yep. You know, you, you have to have a foe like, oh, your research is yeah, she, vaguely she, interesting. Yeah, because it's only that a small boat. So. researched a doily, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you did it really well. You did it really well, didn't you? Look yeah. at that ponytail, that's real work. <laughs> the You can be a plucky reporter and or photographer. Yep, definitely. That's a big one. That's my favourite, actually. <laughs> the annoying woman is yeah. my favourite. <laughs> or you can be slightly butch lesbian and be on the opposing team. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Or just man-hater, but that translates to lesbian in the yeah, 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's amazing to me that she gets allowed on the trip, but she's six months into a relationship with a scientist, so that means she's in for life. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? That's a lot of Brill cream in one room. It is, isn't it? Especially for scientists. I don't really equate them with incredibly sharp lines well, and great hair. No, I feel like the filmmakers have sort of forestalled you with this by saying, like, gosh, you don't look like an ichthyologist. Yes. Because yes. they must have looked they at their look like fish. incredibly like, chiselled <laughs> cast and thought, these people don't look like they've got degrees. I think I'd quite like it if in the 90s teen dramas a teacher would, would be like, you don't look, <laughs> you don't look 18. When they're played by a thirty and thirty-nine year old. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like if these actors were around a decade later, they'd be doing like Elvis movies and beach comedies with Frankie so Avalon. True. You know? Yes, but, absolutely. But but here they're all eminent men in their fields. Yeah. Uh, Although, sorry, please? to to elaborate on that, they do at least seem to be examining the hand in a scientific way, right? When mm-hmm. they when they were all sort of standing around, being looking like catalogue models, one of whom's got one of them's got a pipe. And they're all examining this <laughs> yeah. fossilized hand, yes, and d- discussing the idea that it might have been a evolutionary backwater, and talking about you know missing links between life in the sea and life on the land. Mm-hmm. And the film is setting this up and is selling this, you know, yep. reasonably, and certainly better than a lot of them bother. Do you know what I mean yep. by that? Yeah. So I wrote, in my margin, Devonian Age. They talk about oh, yes. the Devonian Age a lot in this. Do you know about the Devonian Age? Oh, it's a real um, like geological period. It is. It's described as 150 million years ago in the film. Yep. And that's an error of at least 200 million years. <laughs> the Devonian period began between 417 and 416 million years ago. Right. Which is a wild... A... I can't really get my head around it. And ran to 360 to 354 million years ago. Right. So, you know. Yeah. But what I was more interested in, and what I thought you might be interested in, let's play a little game called, what What are the measures of geologic time from <sighs> longest to shortest? Oh, I love this do game. Do you know this? I do not know. So when you say so, that, you don't mean like our month, year. You mean like well, age... The way the geologists and paleontologists are referring to them in the film, they refer to it as an age mm-hmm. and as an era, but both those times are, are actually wrong for the length of time <laughs> that Devonian is. Okay, right? right. So they, they do exist. There is an age. There is an era. Yep. Can you, If I give you them, do you want to try and put them in order? Yes. I, I do want to do that. Okay. Epoch. Right. Age. Yep. Period. Right. Eon. Oh, yeah. And era. Right. Epoch, age, eon, period, era. Yes. See, I was going to say that epoch was the biggest one. Right. Because that sounds like a long time. But eon sounds even longer. Eons (laughs) and eons and eons. Um, No, I'm going to go for epoch. I'm going to go for Epoch is the longest. Okay. Then Eon. Mm. You've got era, period, and age left. Uh, period, age, era. 
How did I do? Absolutely wrong on it. Absolutely wrong, everyone. Mm-hmm. Wow. So from longest <laughs> to shortest. Yeah, I, you know, and I hope you were playing along at home as well. Me too. Yeah. You Here's might have wanted answers. to pause it here. Yeah. <laughs> Write your answers down in your copybook. Yeah. So it goes Eon. You were right. You fought right. your instinct. Eon, then Era. Right. Then Period. Then Epoch, right down there, oh. and then age. Right. And here's the thing. The <laughs> current year is part of the Holocene age of the Quaternary Epoch of the Cenozoic Era of the Phanozoic Eon. Thanks. There's an album name in there somewhere that <laughs> no one can say. <laughs> Isn't there? Where you're like, yeah, they've got this great album. I'm not telling you what it's called. But I just thought that was interesting, and I think I love it when... They just make up science in a film because you could then and you can't now because of the internet. <laughs> well, it's it's just good enough, isn't it? It's, you know, it's like it Devonian. Devonian is a good pick because it's one that like it, I've recognised as like a real period of ge- well, I've said period, a real measurement of geological time. Yes, but it's not one of the. It's not like Jurassic. It's not one of the ones that you associate with dinosaurs. So you go, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, and they said what they say 150 million years ago, and then said that was completely wrong. But that sounds about right, doesn't it? That yeah. sounds plausibly when a creature like this might be around, because it's you know it's sort of not the point, is it? No, <laughs> I was actually quite disheartened by the amount of trivia that I could find about this film. Truly, because there's so many details and things I would have liked to to know. I've got lots of questions as we go along. For example, that entire incredibly large tank. Of tiger sharks oh, yes. that we see filmed next to where they are, next to where the uh, titular models are standing, mm-hmm. um, and the lung the lungfish are so cute. Yeah, and I was just wondering if that's an aquarium or if all those fish just die. You know how they didn't care about animals in films. Yeah, that's at that true. point, did they just kind of flush them out, or did two of the famous people end up with an entire tank of <laughs> lungfish? They might have. I mean. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I've because I, th- I think it's all like universal backlog. Yeah. All of this stuff they had because by this point, so this is another universal film who are the same company that made The Invisible Man and the first Dracula, and we're some twenty-five years on at this point. Well, this is the last the one. Mid fifties, the last one in, in that in sort the of canonical universal monster with capital U, capital M. Yeah. So by this point, there are there are huge concerns. So they have resources and they have a large backlot, yes. which where it's all well, almost all filmed on. So maybe they just. But the thing is, like, it's but, just conjecture, yeah. you know. I say, well, maybe they they were in Hollywood. Maybe they could just phone up somebody and be like, "We need some." Oh, yo, you're right. We need some lungfish here. We got to get some lungfish on set to do the. Oh, I've I've broken the VU meter. Well, that's how excited those American... That was American, that was. That was American. Oh, sorry, I was getting serious West Country flashbacks. <laughs> and, and you know, and then some, like, Hollywood fish contractor would just show up with a van for however long you needed and then take them away again. Mm. But that is, I guess, I do not know. Interesting. Rubber gloves back on the rampage. Well, I said that shot of the glove coming out of a pond was so good, we've seen it again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it's dripping wet the whole time. Yeah. As in, every time it moves, it's too wet. It's very good. Sound effects are wonderful. But guess what they sound like? What do they sound like? T-Rex, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. This is the first, but not the only time, that you're going to see me compare this film to Jurassic Park. <laughs> I have a suspicion that Spielberg was an incredibly big fan of this film. It's 
most of the films that I reference it being similar to or having shot for shot from mm-hmm. are Spielberg films. Yeah. yeah. And that He's noise. He's the right age. He is the right age. And he also has that like, when you look at the, when you look at the characters played by children in his films, mm-hmm. they are the tiny version of the big brave boys that were doing this stuff in films like this. Sure. I can see that actually. You know, yeah. and Especially that some of them like idolize heroes, or you know they mm. they're very clearly him. He's just sure. making him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very specific. Um, I believe actually, if the, in the very back of my tickled brain, there is actually a Spielberg film where Creature from the Black Lagoon is playing on the telly. I will look that up oh. afterwards and confirm it. But yes. it's a scene from it where Find he's coming. It, I think it's probably the second one because I didn't recognize it. But it's like he's coming out of the sea and walking towards the camera. Right. I've got it right in the back. It might be... Yeah, I'll have a look. Anyway. Well, I was going to say... Here he comes. <laughs> that I like the POV shots when the monster is attacking yes. people. Well, but then I said I say POV, and then after my note immediately afterwards is, or just to the left of the POV, depend, <laughs> judging by where the arms come into the shot yeah. from the side, when uh, when the monster is uh, savaging people. Incredibly big camera. You try POVing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> complaining. I also enjoy the. It's the classic Doctor Who thing. Yeah. Of like rationing your monster's appearance. Oh yeah, for sure. I love that stuff. That's. It's why the film, the Spanish film Wreck, is oh. such an amazingly frightening horror, because you don't see the thing. You know, right. it's just really beautifully done. The fear is the unknown. It's quite hmm. violent, surprisingly violent for something we don't see as well. Yes, and this the is screams are great. Probably like the this is probably the element that gives it its PG rating. I think is some of the some of these attacks. Yeah, maybe. Probably. <laughs> He's quite a frightening figure to just emerge from the, and be in the water. I think I can see that being parentally guide, guided. Yeah. Yeah. I like her explorer get up. This woman took so many bloody clothes on her trip. All the rest of the people involved in this trip only brought pants and different hats. Yeah. And she was there like, do you know, I think I'm going to need an explorer outfit. I'm definitely going to need, what did you call her, Island Princess? Island Princess gets up at the end. You're going to yeah. need a, a white and nearly see-through swimming costume. That's important in front of the lads. Of course. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um... Train whistle on a boat. Yeah, the um, we're on we're on the Rita. The, yeah, the, the Rita. And and I've just said that the captain of the Rita qualifies as local colour. I think. Oh, blimey! <laughs> really, I had him as sort of uh, if there was a man on the box of the food native to the Amazon. <laughs> you know. I think I I think we're we're going for the same we thing. Are. To me, it's like it's the the sort of comedy yokels that were just like that British cinema was thick with in the 40s and 50s that you just couldn't move from. But they're also not played by any kind of local or foreign uh, No, no, yeah, local colour is in quotes. Mm. Um, yeah, the, I mean, thinking about films that we've done on the podcast, the there's a, a whole battalion of them in Topper who just exist <laughs> to be sort of frightened and bewildered by the ghosts and then, you know, faint or yeah. run away or something or start a fight with a couple. Well, really, actually, I'm going to go even weirder with that, and I'm going to say that the creepy couple from The Haunting oh, yes. are the local colour. 
I'm going to say that every Romanian in every Dracula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Phantom Carriage, everybody else's local cut. They're, they're all there. They're quite Shakespearean, these weird comedy characters as well, I think. Like, if we're yes. going to be a bit kinder than just, oh, you're a bunch of racists from the 50s. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> you know, I think there is room for that, like... There's always a drunk in these things. Yeah, the broad, broad strokes character of yes. a... Uh, yes, there's, a, there's an Italian term for it and it's gone. The Amazon shots are interesting. I wondered if they filmed it. Couldn't find information on that either. If that was just stock footage or if they actually... I mean, I know some of it was uh, Florida Keys. Yes. <laughs> which yes. isn't particularly romantic. They've but... done it in, yeah, they filmed it in, in Florida. Some of the... I, yeah, I assume there's stock footage spliced in, but... Like the animals, like the you know the animals, mm. because we only we never see them interacting with the principal no, I know, cast. I know. But there's a couple of bits. So like earlier on, when when we meet our principal cast, basically, and this is where he said where the older academic type says, you know, you never look like an ichthyologist, and we, when they're standing on the boat, that's back projection. Yeah. And then we get a shot of the boat with the minute pulling away, which is obviously a real boat in some real water. Yeah. So they they. They integrate the different filming units work quite nicely. Much is much more easily done in black and white. That's true. You know, you're not going to see that weird difference in grain or difference in, you know, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. Like you could you could do it quite easily. I was thinking about um, the exciting wildlife of the Amazon, up to and including a kookaburra <laughs> and a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Both not very native, but you know, every anything goes in the jungle, and you never know. They could be like twelve feet tall, like yes, the centipede. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, set, they're setting up this idea that like the Amazon is a Devonian era enclave, yeah, where just old stuff is just wandering around, which is preposterous. No, but I love it, and it's a trope and oldie, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, it's from the Victorian, um, the Victorian books for boys, mm-hmm. those kind of adventure novels of like. And no one knows what exists here, so it must probably exactly. be awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which with the sea is true. I'm not sure. Lie. No, and it's a, it's a it's an enthralling idea that, like you know, in the in the unexplored bits of jungle, there's yeah. all sorts of things that we don't know about. You yeah, know? but it's an actual fact that in the sea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Is it, um, <laughs> What is it, coelacanths? The ones that were only known in the fossil record, and then suddenly, and then oh, at and some then point they in all... the 20th century, someone just found them swimming around. Well, and went, oh, I was looking oh. at the difference between a what was it, a giant squid, and oh, yes. uh, what was the bigger one or the small? Giant, oh, yeah, it was another word meaning giant. Like mega squid. Like, yeah, something like that. What an awful thing to exist. <laughs> I mean, squid is ama- Squid are amazing, you know. Octopi are amazing, but I don't want one having a beak that's like the size of my head. Yeah, it was like. This, uh, half the size of this building or something was the, it was was a, the biggest one. What was it, 12 metres? Yeah, something like that. I'm I mean, fine without that. Yeah, no thanks. That's the girls. And the boys are 10. I don't want it. I don't want it giving birth. <laughs> I don't want to watch it on a beach. Down with that sort of thing. Ugh. Anyway. Yes, we've arrived back at the <laughs> dig site where, in our main character's absence, some of the caricatures have been brutally murdered by a white glove. <laughs> They have. Um, and I've said only one, only one man takes off his hat in the death tent. Yeah, no, no respect. No respect, but here's the thing. He's the one that respected them at all. The guy that yeah. takes his hat off is the native, and the response to them not answering was not concern from the rest of the group. It was basically, I 
swore them to they they swore to me that that someone would stay at the camp they're they're yes. like infuriated by those, the staff yeah those lazy south american johnnies are just off having a siesta or whatever it is that they do you know <laughs> it makes me so angry meanwhile next to her ballet pumps the rubber glove nearly got a got a grab in oh yeah absolutely loves shoes and yeah, feet they doesn't were good, it they were good uh, shoes they were not they were toms they were not practical Oh for yeah, the, no, they weren't for the jungle, for, yeah, were they? That means, oh yeah, that means she was. She said, they said, oh, we're going, we're doing a expedition to dig up the rest <laughs> of this fossil, and you're coming with us. And she went, oh, you know, marvelous. I'm just going to go and pack. And she went into I'll her buy, house. I'll went, bring my softest shoes. Yeah, I mean, these, it's that or these heels. These ballet pumps will will be just right. Yeah, it's that or heels. They're not going to give her a pair of cats, are they? Cat boots. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> pair of cats. Pair of okay, cats. fine. Yeah. Um, we're just edging towards the era of pointy boobs here as well. Yes, you were quite vocal in your admiration of her figure. Was I? Yeah. What, during the film? Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Did I? Well, you said you twice. Bloody hell, I actually don't remember that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, it wasn't a criticism. No, but that means it's just falling out of my well, mouth. <laughs> I can't, I mean, since Panny D, I can't be trusted in public. Oh dear. The other day somebody said something and I went, ugh, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're edging towards the era of pointy boobs. I quite like their love. Oh yeah. I quite like their love in the beginning before he's horrible to her and she becomes grumpy. <laughs> All love. But no, they're 6 months into their relationship. They're quite cute. They're quite they're camping it up and they're hamming it up. It feels like they're acting for a stage even though they're acting for TV. Yeah, but they do But have, it's cute. They do have some chemistry, you know, they're not They seem like they're friends yeah. in a good way. Like yeah. they seem, the actors seem like they're friends and it really works and I like their affection for each other which normally in these films it's sort of an aside to make sure that the girl comes with you on a date to see it. Right. You know, it's not really Yeah. a part of the story. And if nothing else, it's just to give the man something to rescue. Sure. I mean it, it's still just to give something the man something yeah, to rescue. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's it's nicer that he actually likes her and isn't just like, excuse me, and picks her up by the waist and moves her over. Uh-huh. But of course, he's not the only young-ish man on this trip. What, there's, that wants a piece? There's also the other guy who is obsessed with his guns. He's incredibly attractive. He is incredibly pretty, that man. You talk about Mark? Yeah. I mean, good let's, grief. Let's credit him. Richard Denning, it is. So Richard Denning... Playing Mark Williams. And Richard Carlson, another Richard, is David. The yes, it's Richard the male, versus Richard. Male lead, yeah. With Julie. Richard Denning is, yes, incredibly pretty. I looked him up in colour in case it was one of those things where black and white just makes everyone look beautiful. <laughs> and actually, he just has the most incredible bone structure. He almost looks like uh, Michael Fassbender. He's got that oh, kind yeah. of face where he could really play anything. Um, it'd be very difficult for him to play a grotesque. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Yeah. So that's interesting. But he comes in and he's doing a bit of outrageous flirting and trying to cuck poor, <laughs> trying to cuck poor David. And I imagine they have history, Mark and. Uh, they, yeah, they do seem to know each other and perhaps be a little antagonistic towards each other. Well, and it's it's the classic thing as well of like attitudes to science. And ah, discovery. Yes. They they clash a few times about like Yes, it's the whole of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they clash here because Mark is is polishing his harpoon, you know. Dirty boy. <laughs> yeah, all you all you do is aim it and squeeze is the line I've written down. Uh, while sort of looking pointedly at the two of them as if 
Yeah, it feels like weird sexual jealousy, but I'm not sure to whom it is directed. That's true. At this point, anyway. Yeah, that's definitely true. I just assumed that he'd had a he'd copped a couple of feels of our lady love interest back in the day, mm-hmm. and that she yeah, wasn't okay. interested anymore, and that that means <laughs> that there's a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there, there, as well as the rivalry over K, there's also yeah the the tension between scientific exploration for its own sake, yeah. and basically bringing in the money to fund it. Right, where Mark has more of an eye on the like sensational nature of yes. this potential find, because at this point we're still they still think they're looking for fossils. But if they found a fossilized like fish gill man thing, that would be big news. You know, that would be in the papers. <laughs> that would bring in money for their ex- expeditions. Yeah, the Black Lagoon is very beautiful. It's very nice, and they seem to be on a full-size actual boat. They do. Which speaks to a, a bigger budget than a lot of these, the ones that came afterwards. Shirtless scuba diving doesn't look safe in a black lagoon to me, <laughs> but it's the 50s, it's a different time. And as you said, nobody brought any clothes with them apart from um, Kay, <laughs> who presumably just filled everybody else's rucksacks with <laughs> shoes. You don't risk your act as much with a dark scuba mask, which is quite clever as well. Mm. You can have all of your champion swimmers doing all the all the hard bits um how did they yes i've got lots of questions about the suit of the creature oh yes um i'm really not sure what it's made of specifically i assumed a, a thin rubber yeah i think it is all like yeah foam rubber isn't it i think so but just be well, able on to... a on a like a body stocking base basically yes. on the actors. But to be able to swim in that to the mm. extent that he swims, obviously, it's two people, right? Oh yes. So when you see underwater shots in a lighter suit, that is Rico Browning. And when you see him out of the water and in a darker suit, it's Ben Chapman. Because they filmed the underwater stuff with a special unit, because they have underwater cameras. Absolutely, you know. and uh, Rico was a professional swimmer, incredibly good. Also, uh, the uh, co-creator of Flipper, the oh, that's the, interesting. the dolphin, and direct filmed and directed many episodes of the TV series as well. How fun! Yeah. My fun fact is that the two creatures, <laughs> so to speak, didn't meet until twenty years later at a convention. <laughs> Lovely. Kind of amazing, isn't yeah. it? That you're just like, there's this other guy that does this stuff, I guess. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, wow, that other guy's great. And then 20 <laughs> years goes past. Just as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was really amazed seeing, because we see we see the creature in the water a lot more than we do on land, especially at first. Mm. And and again, I, said, I hadn't seen the film, but of course I'm familiar with the design of the creature. But when you see it in motion in the water, it's really something else. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. really impressed with that because I think of it as the sort of lumbering yeah. man in suit business. <laughs> but it's quite graceful in the water, I suppose, it's because they had a real deep sea diver in it who could move, and it's dis- and it seems to be designed with an eye on motion through the water. So it looks fish-like. Yeah. yeah. I decided that's just how I'm going to swim the next time I'm in a pool. Yeah. Yeah, really close <laughs> to the floor, <laughs> flopping about. Yeah, graceful. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scuba, actors, creature looks great underwater. There we go. How did they manage that without ruining the suit? It was obviously waterproof. Um, 
Oh, and then I put filmed it last, I guessed. Because <laughs> I hadn't seen the rest of the film. Someone ought to tell him his ambition is showing. <laughs> I really do think that they missed a Mark. trick by having David and Mark not have sex during this film. <laughs> that's that's my thought. It could have saved a lot of testosterone wastage. And I feel like everyone would have been happier. Up to and including female lead. Yeah, I mean, who knows what she's into. White swimming costume. Oh, yes. Where were you going? Well, yeah, this is the scene where she's swimming. and She is. And we get some really... Yeah, it's, there's some real tension going on here. It's really nicely done. For a, you know, considering it's a guy in a rubber suit monster picture. Yes. It really elevates it. Were you thinking about the work of the Divine Potter again? No, thank you very much. I don't have to think, it's really obvious. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not really leaving anything to the imagination. Apparently quite a controversial swimming costume because it went slightly above the leg line, Ooh. which was big for the yeah. time. Lord only knows why this completely quaint and adorable young girl was chose to wear that on her wheel. Yeah, it doesn't really fit her character, Not does even it? vaguely, but that's fine. And, I, mean, I mean, I'm not going to judge her. She great. can do what Goodness she wants. Me. She looks incredible. That's not where I was going with it, though. So in the documentary that came with the Blu-ray DVD? DVD? Yes. Well, both. it's probably on both. It's an, you know, it's, it's an old documentary that's been reused for this because some of the interviewers died some They're definitely ago. old and dead, yeah. They, while you were cooking, <laughs> talked about this in a way that I actually didn't see, but I wondered how you read this scene. Well, I said, you know, I said, this. I've only got one other film comparison. It's his Jaws, It's Jaws, right? and it's here, mm-hmm. right, yeah, this is what I wrote when it was, we get the shots, again, monster point of view. Sure. And then you get her above the water having a lovely time, and then sure. you get under the water and you see her, and then you see the, the creature's hand reaching out for her. Mm-hmm. It's very... The, the rhythm of the editing is very... Totally. And the lighting, um, in fact. Yes. Yeah. Here's some things I didn't notice until they pointed it out on the thing. Because I just put... Um, white swimming costume is a questionable choice. Then she got in the water and I said, beautiful camera work of him swimming as her shadow, right? That mm. was that was how I read it. Was he's being her shadow self. So he's the primordial, oh, he's the soup. Under the, under under the, the surface. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what they said? No. They said that this was, or certainly a critic from the time, if you like, or a little bit later, I think maybe the 70s, said it was an elongated and artistic uh, interpretation of lovemaking. Oh. And that he swims almost in time with her and that it's supposed to be this like consummation of an unspoken love for her. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting. I would never have gone there. But no. lots of people were talking about it being part of their sexual awakening in the interviews. Right. People saying that when she's lit from beneath like that, she does look completely nude because the suit is very tight. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't noticed that either. It didn't even cross my mind. But I'm not a teenage boy. <laughs> you know, what, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it's... You are a bit a teenage boy. I'm very a teenage boy. But right this minute in sensible mode, I'm technically not a teenage <laughs> boy. And... <laughs> yes I am but <laughs> but it was an interesting perspective because he's quite assaulty he's got some assaulty vibes later yeah well I'm, I'm gonna talk about this about yeah. his intentions towards her if you'd like but it's why I'm bringing it up here that's interesting yeah because I hadn't I hadn't made that connection myself because she's she's sort of in his world which is so the very depiction of 
the oh she must want it mm-hmm. stupidity and nonsense that people say is very primal and stuff i wonder what the intention was of the scene mm. if it was meant to be like this is a sexy moment between creature and thing a bit like her phantom of the opera that kind of watching her from behind a mirror watching her where she he can't be seen sure and nearly touching and being like oh forbidden fruit blah 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 but he doesn't have that kind of thought and the one thing that bugged me about him is what is I wanted to like him more. I wanted to have more empathy for the creature. And they talked about it a lot in the in the thing. And they talk about it in the actual film. Yeah. About, oh, they really care about him, really. And it's a depiction of you. And because it's a bit human. I just couldn't understand his motivation. Did he want mm. to be part of your world? Or was he <laughs> just an animal? And if yeah. so, why would he kill anything? Well, there's an element as well of that, of course, he just lives. He was just living his life. And then a bunch of people turned up and started, like, touching all of his stuff <laughs> totally but then that, but that mean... doesn't work with the romance angle as well and then we think about the shape of water that you've we have mentioned yeah. but obviously which hangs over this because i mean it won best picture it was enormous yes quite still quite recently and the the romance in that which is really the heart of that film which yeah. is a wonderful an incredible picture and which i yeah i commend to you all yeah heartily but is it's a, it's a, it's a romance it's a romantic picture which has clearly come from del toro there's something in there's something in this in this source text yeah that he's extrapolated into that well i actually think that the scene in the, i know we're not talking about the shape of water but mm. the scene with the flooded bathroom yeah is this but swapped of so actually it is. he's floating up and she floats to him but from beneath him mm. And goes to touch. Do you remember? And I it's do. all lit from above because it's the skylight because on the, the bathroom. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's absolutely. It's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. It's absolutely stunning. But like that, it is that. It's gender swapping yeah, the, the fascination. No, I hadn't seen mm. that. But yeah, it's that's one of my frame for frame ones where I'm like, oh, I see what you've done. There. Mm. But it's reverse engineered. Well, yes, I've got a couple. This has given me. A, I want to stay with this scene for a little sure. longer. Because things that is have popped into my head is there's a sequence in La Talente, the Jean Vigo film from 1932, 33, I mm-hmm. forget exactly, which is set on a canal barge and has a sequence where there's apparently an old like boatman superstition that if you put your head in a bucket of water yeah. and open your eyes and hold your breath, you'll see your future husband. Right. And see your partner. That's cute. And there's a wonderful sort of dream, underwater dream sequence where she meets her lover, which yeah. is, which is very, like erotically charged for thirties cinema. Yeah. You know, and again, and beautifully done, and which you talking about is is something that makes these parallels more explicitly than are made here. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I joked about part of your world, but there's um, Little Mermaid, uh, Hans Anderson, rather than Disney. Right. Uh, the Hans Anderson thing of the two world, just the two worlds touching, and mm. potentially the creature wanting to be a part of humanity in some way. But that's what we're expecting when we see this, and then it transpires that actually he's just doing a bit of a get off my land. Yeah, you know, or, or or is he? Or right? is he? Does yeah. he have any thought? Or is mm. it a destructive urge? I feel like if something that powerful, you know, because he's meant to be super strong and kind of indestructible, if yeah, something that powerful... a lot of punishment in the film and 
carries on. There'd be nobody left alive around him. Like, as in, yeah. no animals, no cre- no people, certainly. Yeah. People wouldn't have been able to pass. And although it's quite a... Den- like a, a not very densely populated area. <laughs> no. um, I don't think that's because he's there. I just think he was living his, as you say, living his best life, <laughs> but quite peacefully. So it is strange that he just goes, oh, hate yeah. these guys. <laughs> yeah. But I also really want to be with her. Yeah, um, well, I wondered if I, if, if, like, that is the case or whether I just think that because I've seen King Kong, right? Which is the obvious source yes, text for that kind of yeah. romantic story like that. I think my last point about this scene is because I love swimming in the sea you do, sick man it's a wonderful thing, but there is that that fear when your foot brushes against something when you're uh, you know, yes. when you're sort of out from the shore Yeah. and you know, it's always a bit of seaweed or, or, or you know but but it's always the, the that horrible fear of what is that which is very effectively conveyed here when she feels her foot against something kind of I felt she needed more of a reaction. Right. Because she's swimming in a place where we've just seen footage of crocodiles and snakes that live in the water. <laughs> yeah, good point. And you're there like, why swim my costume? Just having a dip. Even though the other guys that had a dip had like air tanks. Yeah. I'm just going to have and my a little flop about. big old harpoon gun. And a big old weapon. <laughs> but I'm sure. Yep. I'll be fine though. Oh, there's something touching me. I guess that's uncomfortable. I did write, uh, weirdly, this is more Jaws than Jaws is. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. sort of, it's the the scene that we saw in Creature from the Black Lagoon is how they do the parody of the Jaws scene. But when you watch the Jaws scene, <laughs> it doesn't actually look like that. It right. looks more like the Creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon. Which is, I think, where I was going with that. And great boat noises because we then get that Jaws scene again with the breaking net. Of course, yeah. And then having the hole through it or having it damaged or having it break the boat somehow. Mm -hmm. And that sound of the boat is amazing. It's really wrong in the quiet, not the quiet Amazon, but like in the non-technology Amazon. Hang on. There's too many (laughs) meanings for the word Amazon. In the, where are they? What, what, like they are. They're in the, yeah, they're in a tributary of the Amazon River. Well, there's, yeah. It doesn't like they say they're in this tributary that ends in a lagoon, and of course that's not how that's tributaries not how they work. work. Yeah. It was a tributary, and they got there. They went up the Amazon, so presumably it's going to the Amazon, so it would be flowing from the lagoon into the into the Amazon. But it's not. It's flowing from the Amazon into the lagoon, which isn't how. So it's not how that these things really work. That's a really big lagoon. I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's an ocean. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but but we're, we're somewhere in South America is all I'm. Yeah, fair enough. But we're on, we're in a bit of South America that isn't really pop, you know populated or have any technology. So this nasty man-made sound is extra echoey. You know, it's yeah. it's a bit like when um, you live in the countryside and you hear like a house alarm. It always jars mm-hmm. with all the other sounds, even though the countryside is actually quite loud. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's quite absolutely. it's quieter than anything else. But it's yeah. So the hole in the net I found really nice. That, again, is not showing all of the monster and what it can do. Mm -hmm. It also means that your poor man in a suit that you make wait four minutes holding his breath doesn't also have to struggle underwater to pretend to get out of a net. That's true, yes. And hold his breath. Yeah, yeah, it's a good... Actually, yeah, we we haven't mentioned this on... No. on, On air. But that I wondered when watching it, you know, how is he... How are they doing that? Yeah. Because obviously obviously there's a man in the suit. Yeah. And I, I was... Who is not a gill man. No. <laughs> Spoilers. Saying, yeah. 
And so my thought was, oh, they must have some kind of breathing apparatus rigged up from under there. Yeah. Under the suit or something. But as I was watching it, I was thinking, that's... If it is, that's very well done. I don't know where you would hide the tanks, the you know. Yeah. You know, because I figured you could have like just a tube going up for breathing, you know. But, you, but because you wouldn't need to be like properly deep underwater, that you'd need like a regulator. Yeah. But I was still thinking, like, I don't know how you do that now when this is sixty odd years yeah. ago. And uh, yeah, it transpires as you say that they didn't do any of that. They just had hired a professional diver who could hold his breath for a long time. Which is, yeah. It's, also it's the, fine. The, the simplest solution. But again, why but, you wouldn't want that guy to be trying to fight his way out of a net and fail. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we have that and we have the broken, sort of the thing nearly snapping, the thing that's reeling it in. And we find a claw. Mm. Interestingly, not a claw that appears anywhere on the no. rubber glove, but really cute. And in my head, I actually made the excuse that that's because it's like the can't remember what it's called now, but the little dog claw, the the one that's like at the back of the leg. Oh, yes. You know? I don't know what that's called, but I know I the one you mean. I know, but that one, yeah. I just, just assumed it was that immediately, and then I was like, wow, I've really, <laughs> I've really <laughs> expanded the character here to make it work. I said, Mark's a pillock. <laughs> uh, he just wants to kill it. He's like, cool, this is great, we're going to have to prove this cause for science. Yeah, well, he's stand- again, he's standing on deck polishing his big blades. He, he just spends is. all of his time polishing his big sharp blade but what have i written this is all incredibly jurassic park 2 this is jurassic Ah. park 2 right with the big game hunter and the guy that comes in even with like military gear in a way he comes in with his whole hunt being like i'll take down the beast i'm good at this yeah and he's a psychopath that guy spends the whole film polishing guns and stuff oh yes and how well the um i said it was quite chilling and how well the gills worked i didn't mention either but they really mm. move underwater. It turns out they had little rubber bladders behind them that were inflated and deflated Lovely. to make them move, which is incredible attention to detail. It's a re- yeah. Bubbles towards the camera is really nice. Good way to stop you seeing too much detail, but also make it really dramatic. Yeah. Also, it's it's the reminder that this was shot in 3D. Yeah. So these things are to bring them right out over the audience, you know. Yeah, so interesting. So again, in in this little mini interview documentary thing, they were talking about how it was down to the skill of the projector, the projectionist rather, to make sure that the two films that worked to, to make stereoscope work, as in the 3D effect, right? To make it really work, you absolutely had to play both films at the same time. It relies on two sets of film being slightly di- slightly moved or slightly removed. Yeah, and you've got different filters on each eye. Yeah. So that you see the left yeah you shoot it with two cameras simultaneously next to each other yeah. to simulate stereoscopic vision yes exactly but if any of it's like an inch out for even a couple of frames you lose the whole effect and then it actually accumulates until you lose it in the whole thing and becomes blurry yeah which is where it got the reputation of 3d being rubbish from and giving you headaches and being awful yeah i never knew this but isn't that interesting because that's been my experience of 3d cinema yeah, well, um, I've been curious if it's because we wear glasses. Yeah, I've always assumed that it didn't work for me because I've got cloth eyes. <laughs> but I wonder if it's you a know, case of when we were younger, and, yeah. when we were younger, and it was still a projectionist and not just like a one. Yeah, well, it's all, all done on digital now, you know. Yeah, but because the, the Blu-ray of this does have a three D version, we watched the flat one. Yeah, Blu-ray does have a three D version as well. I just don't have any glasses for it. That's cute, uh, though. But, I like that they included that. But we can we should investigate that. Yeah. 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 
Uh, but yeah, it was it was done in three D because it was the mid fifties and cinema was losing ground. It was to this new upstart that was in everybody's homes, the television. Yes. So uh, they needed a thing to get people back, you know, going to the pictures. Yeah. And this was this was their idea. And I said it was hard to work out the creature's motivation. Horniness? Question mark. <laughs> I also suggested that his body is the same shape as the Grinch. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> they really are surrounded by fish, by the way. All the way through. They're mm. really surrounded by fish. And I said that's a super strong swimmer in all that rubber. We've already talked about that. Yes, and it's good that we credit them both because they're not in the credits of the film. No, and when they asked to be, they weren't allowed. Oh. <laughs> I know. The, yeah, Rico Browning apparently said, yes, absolutely, I'll do the second one. The swimmer mm-hmm. said, I'll do the second one. And he said, as long as I can be in all the... I can actually be in the credits or credited for it. And they said, we'll promote you so you get more work. Right. But we're not putting you in the credits. Wow. We're not having anybody be responsible for being Gilman. Well, I've said, in an entirely predictable twist, shooting him with a harpoon just makes him mad. What? <laughs> <laughs> it always really cheers me up. So I don't know what's wrong with him. Weird. Crazy yeah. alien man. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Yuli. That's what everybody called her. <laughs> Is the quote from oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there, there, yeah. There was a story about a man, a fish man that lived here. Yeah. Everyone called her crazy. Yeah, and then Kay goes on a little rant about the Kamongo fish, <laughs> and I don't know why it made me laugh in the moment, but I was like, "Flipping shut up, Kamongo this, Kamongo that." <laughs> it's a really silly. I word. wish you'd Kamongo away. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's a gill man, yes. But why does it kill? Why does it kill? Even I, Lucas, have heard of the legend of a man fish. Yes, even I. Even I, Lucas. Yeah. Who never hears anything. Mark, <laughs> Mark welcomes a vengeful death by water demon. Like, he's well up for it, fair enough. I mean, you know, he's like, I hope it, I hope it does feel vengeance. The yeah. end. Well, like, wow. Wow. Mark, why is that attractive? Don't you worry about that ecosystem, gang. Just poison the water. Yes, they're great. Sod it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they they do say that it just it just knocks them out for a bit and then they're fine, which seems seems like a fifties thing to exactly. do. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Um, the <laughs> sorry, my own scream made me laugh again. There's a very strange scene where we watch Kay smoke. For the only time in the whole film. Oh, yeah. She's not a smoker. The actress wasn't a smoker either. Right. It was the idea of the swimmer. Um, Rico again. Old Rico. Well, young Rico as he was then. 23-year-old Rico. <laughs> she she sort of smokes half a cigarette while she watches them in the boat. Mm-hmm. And she's on her own and it's just her. And then she chucks it in the water and the gill man is looking up at the cigarette like, you. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether that was like... I, I had two ways to interpret that. One of which was like, oh, you know, it's a thing. It's like a thing that she's touched and had in her, in her mouth. mouth. I or guess. like she's desecrating my beautiful home. I went for she's trying to set light to my beautiful home. Like she's right. poisoning the water. Yeah. Like they're literally. She does that while they're poisoning it. I genuinely thought she was going to chuck the cigarette in and it would set all of the poison on fire. Right. Yeah. Which would have been a different way to contaminate his sacred space. Yeah. Uh, the assumption that he's a man as well, yeah. uh, I figured was very strange, a gill that's, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We have no idea. That could have actually been the real Ariel. 
Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> Sorry. I've made myself laugh in my own notes here, and I know that's lame, but there's some good ones. The Mark also gives me strong McCoy vibes from Star Trek. I'm not sure why. I think it's something about the way he moves his face and that he's always grumpy. He's grumpy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the poison dropping down visuals. They look like Alka-Seltzer. Yes. They like drop into the water and give... They're like horrible bath bombs. Yeah, because after yeah. they've like poisoned all the fish, they're like, well, we poisoned all the fish and that didn't do anything. And like, what about if dead we, fish. Like, what about floating. if we poison more fish? Yeah. Like, great, great idea. Great. Yeah, Let's do yeah. it. Do it more. Drop it down lower. Yeah. Very King Kong as well. Mm. This whole thing is very King Kong. The like team of scientists, the 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 and and the sort of ancient creature from ancient you know that's, that's been left alone on this uh, like very remote part of the world for forever, and yeah. now comes into contact with modernity. And that we'd quite like to bring back and study because humans are evil. Sure, and somebody and would like to kill because they like killing. Yeah, and apparently the director, who we haven't really actually said the name of, I don't think. No, um, what was his name? His name is. Jack Arnold. Apparently Jack Arnold was really fun to work with. He would leave you to your own devices a little bit. Not a lot of guidance, but being nice. You know, they were all friends on the team. Right. It does look like it. It looks like, yeah, it looks like everyone's having a bit of a laugh, but trying to take it seriously, which yeah. is good. That's what that's the kind of crew I would want to work with, you know, on something like this, where it's camp and big and drama. Yeah. Sort of weird melodrama, but with costumes. But Jack the Arnold, the director, was kind of prone to putting little political messages into his work. Oh, right. Uh, so this one, they believe, might have been about the environment. It wasn't really spoken about too much, but, mm-hmm. like, the man's impact on environmental, you know, Sure, yeah, they turn changes. up and they chuck poison in the water everywhere they go. They do, go. they do. They, they're barely there, and they're supposed to be there to examine it, and they ruin it immediately, uh, just by being there, you know, yeah. just, just by existing in the space and ruining the ecosystem for this weird Aquaman. <laughs> the sequel apparently has a lot of cold war imagery and a lot of you know even the poster is like the protagonist female who is not played by the same actor and the gill man together on a beach but then behind them is like people running in chaos and you know there's lots of there's lots of themes of invasion right yeah and it's the same director so we assume that he's doing a bit of a they've come to your land they've pillaged your land or they've hurt it and do they want to hurt you too? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I did look him up and he seems to have been a bit of a like sci-fi creature feature specialist. He oh, did a few, um, I think Tarantula is him and This Island Earth. And it does seem that he was uh, born in the 20s and was a science fiction fan when he was a kid. He loved so this nice. stuff. So I guess that was why he made so many of them yeah. <laughs> in the 50s. And then went on to work did a lot of American telly as well as a work, work had a 50 year career as a director but I don't think I've seen anything else that he did or I probably have seen a couple of the sci-fi ones but I can't recall them properly yeah. <laughs> but it's it's good work you know this is really nicely done there's some lovely lighting there's some really nice shots mm-hmm. and it's better than it needs to be yeah I'd agree with that that intern makes some lovely jungle noises. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a great tracking shot of everyone waiting on the boat in the different light. They're all mm. kind of frozen in a moment, but it tracks along them and it's gorgeous. Turns out the drugs don't work, they just make it worse. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Well, there's, it's, there is that beautiful shot because it does drive, it does seem to drive him to the surface and yeah. to, the, to the beach. And then they shine, when they shine the light on him from the boat and he's standing up, 
and we get the full yes. reveal oh, of the amazing. creature. And they get the very superfluous, there it is, from Kay. But it's a beautiful shot, the lighting and the yeah. the composition and the zoom. It's, it's really, really nice. Yeah, gorgeous. Um... The creature has some strong Muppet energy sometimes, <laughs> but she does a great scream, and I think that scream is sampled for all eternity, actually, mm. um, when she does see him. Uh, it's... Oh, yes. So the the creature comes up to the shore, mm-hmm. and it's near her, and she just falls over. <laughs> She's like, oh, and falls. Uh, no idea what she fell over on, but is defended by that poor science man, mm-hmm. who's like the older, less attractive science man. Yes. He, the sort of more avuncular one with the pipe. Yes, um, I like that Mark's response is to hit it in the head with a shovel. <laughs> like, <laughs> as, like he didn't happen to have one of his shiny knives on him. Yeah, so he's so like shovel to the face. Violence. It's, it's uh, David going. Don't kill it. Ah, ah drop it. Um, <laughs> but yes, they put it in a cage, don't they? Yeah. Well, they, they've. They've captured it. They're going to take it back and either study it yeah. or exhibit it in a carnival, depending on which of the scientists you speak to, probably. Yeah. That man had one job. The other, other, not very attractive <laughs> Yeah. guy. Oh, yes, because, well, this is... I talked about, like, the conflict between Mark and David. Um, and because... Mark is like, well, we've got the we've got the freak. Let's go back. And yeah. da- and and David's like, what are you talking about? We came here to study the fossil record and the yeah, fish. exactly. We got work to do, and so they don't leave, which is how they lose they, another they, one. How they lose exactly? Yeah, but oh, hang on, I'm confused now. Shovel, weird response. The cage shot. Yeah, so. They've caged the creature in like a makeshift bamboo cage yes. thing. They found bamboo in the Amazon. Well done. Good work. Um, yeah. Maybe they brought it with them. They for... might have bought bamboo cages <laughs> from home. Uh, if you don't have your own store bought, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it sort of sits there, not sleeping, but sleeping. Yeah. They've sedated it. They've put it in water. It, it doesn't have eyelids. It's a rubber mask. So. Yeah, I think I think it's a great shot <laughs> of it amazing. standing there, staring, into staring the exactly like underwater. Yeah, yeah, eerie. She has a bit of a heart to heart with nameless science man. Yes, he does have a name. Actually. What's his name? I can't remember. Doctor something. It's Doctor Edwin Thompson, isn't it? Yes. Played by Whit Bissell. Great name. Very strong name. I take it all back. <laughs> the creature gets out. Spoilers. Yep. Suddenly, as well, like he's, he seems he's just to, like, whoop, hi. He's, yeah, he's working his way. You know, you can see him sort of have a go at the cage, and then suddenly he just pops up mm-hmm. like a one of those Japanese uh, superhero things. It's very Power Rangers, though. He just sort of yes. leaps up. Yeah, a little uh, trampoline under the earth. Yes. He is taken on by the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, who fails. Yeah, I guess he gets his, fa- his skull crushed for his. Troubles, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I think he's the one that survives, though. I think yeah, he's the he's one that gets bandaged up Spends later. the rest of the film bandaged up, not talking. Yeah. Probably quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice for have a, to have a break. And she gets grabbed 
and nabbed and doesn't put up much of a fight. Taken back, not I said actually that I quite liked his lair, but it's not a lair, it's his grotto. Right. They call it yes. the creature's grotto, which made me laugh because it sounded like you sit on his knee and ask for presents. <laughs> 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 oh wow, another fish, that's just what I wanted. Uh, <laughs> Did they set the suit on fire? It's a very good shot. Yes, mm. I, I assume it's one of the scientists throws one of the lamps at him, right? And he yes. catches fire. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a. it does certainly look that way. Presumably they built a, a one specially for... Must have done. ...for setting fire to. But um, but it's a, it's a good shot. It doesn't look safe. Probably wasn't. It's 1954. Nope. Or... Exactly. They don't care who lives and who dies <laughs> on their films. How many outfits did she bring? That's back to that one again. I may have been distracted at this one. I saw a video where a walrus made the exact those exact sounds once. Oh, <laughs> dum, dum, dum. That it's one. great. Yeah, we'll we'll link it okay. somehow in our yeah, social sure. media. It's just just it's worth it's just worth seeing. But um, I'm going to talk now about the creature design. One of the things I found out afterwards. Oh right? yeah. One because one of the one of the trivia items on this on a well-known movie website. Says that it was based on a woodcut of a the this creature design was based mm. on a woodcut of a thing called a sea monk that was found in the North yes. Sea in 1546. Did you see this? Do you yes. have anything? Did you? No, that but I wanted to put a picture of the sea monk. Well, on, it's an uh, extraordinary thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was sort of dug up and uh, not dug up, but was trawled up, you know, by uh, somewhere off the Danish coast, and people said it looked like a. Like a fish man wearing a monk's habit. Incredible. And have you seen the pictures of it? I have. And and I also looked and I thought, well, what what was it? You know, what do people think it was? Obviously, people are still thinking about it. And I've seen, the things I've seen suggesting suggested for it are a giant squid, a walrus, an angel shark, or a Jenny Hanover. Uh, <laughs> a Jenny <laughs> a, Hanover what? being a, a term for a modified dried ray or skate carcass. Oh, that would make so much sense. That you, that you know, the, the things like the Fiji mermaid, which is a monkey skeleton sort of grafted onto a fish you know the ones why on earth is it called a jenny hanover but no i've actually seen those skeletons did you look at what they look like yeah it really could be that they're from really the shape of the drawing creepy weird things aren't they yeah well yeah but when you look at the shape that that makes yeah and then you and go it, back to the and you look at no you look at the shape that makes and then you go back to the sea monk it's the same yeah. shape and then when you look at the creature from the Black Lagoon here as well. Yeah. But yes, I well, like the that... creature from the Black Lagoon looks a little bit less like an angry corn on the cob. <laughs> but you know, yes. Again, I get we'll, you. we'll put some of these pictures on. I mean, you know, you have Google. This particular. <laughs> How much is that like the creature from the Black Lagoon? That's great. I hadn't seen that one. That's fab. That's the sea monk. What was the other name for it? A sea bishop. Sea bishop. That's great. The sea bishop gets more of a hierophant treatment. Yep. He's like a kind of egg with chicken legs. <laughs> like a dragon egg with chicken legs. And then somebody made a sexy hentai version that we don't need to look at. But it's it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I love, uh, you know, the, God bless the confidence of that marine biologist who sort of <laughs> read about this, looked at the pictures that, we'll put a selection of them on the gram. So that you can, you the listener can see these as well, because it doesn't make great radio. Mm. Bless the confidence of somebody who looked at that and was like, walrus. It was a walrus. <laughs> That's a good point. Also, Jenny Hanover. What a strange name. It is a strange name. I did. I did. My, the obvious question was, 
for what what was going on there. Yeah. Why is it called that? Nobody knows. Although there was a suggestion that it was a corruption of a French term that was a French phrase, Jean d'Anvers, which would be a youth of Antwerp, which was British sailors mangled into Jenny Hanover. But what? What that, a, a, an but, Antwerpian child? But I d- yeah, How is that? I d- d- yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it answers one question and it raises another. It looks two, like a Brian Froud drawing. It shouldn't yeah. exist. I I don't know if I like it, but I also want one. <laughs> Creature just hates di- uh, deep and meaningful conversations. Yes, he does. <laughs> so they've got the walrus sounds happening, and then things take a sexy man turn, and it's super expensive. So they kind of straddle and fondle and roll about and have a bit of a fight. Oh yeah, a bit of shirtless um, brawling. Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, it, they've been building to it for the whole film, haven't they? They I mean, have. They needed to get it out of their they systems. They had to do something, and if they have to do it underwater, so be it. So one of them's got a big shiny gun. Yep. Oh, is this the under? This is the underwater fight because the, the two men have a brawl on the they boat. They do have first. a sweaty brawl. Yes, now we have another time that kind of wet brawl. Yeah, I called that one. What did I call that one? Uh, shirtless loving. Right. Yes. Yeah. And this one's your proper full on. We are men. Um, <laughs> again, but this is great work. I mean, it's again, amazing. It's all filmed underwater in nineteen fifty odd. It's wild. And then that full proper nightmare fuel of Mark being dragged down. Yeah. Is chilling. He's just being drowned. Yeah, but in a scuba suit. And like I love it's... the way when they, when they sort of are fully, brawling like that, and with the silt coming up, the sand. You, yeah, you can't see who's winning the fight. No. It's a nightmare of your yeah. It was really incredible, and do you know, I couldn't help but see it. If anybody's seen Pink Narcissus, that fo- that film will blow your mind. It's um, incredible. I think it's by someone called Bidgood. James Bidgood. James Bidgood. Is that really? I think so. Yeah, off the top of my head. That's the name of someone I know, though. Oh. James Bidgood, would you believe it? Yes, so it's a film by James Bidgood, and in my head, I was I kind of recast films while they're happening sometimes mm-hmm. and redo things. The idea of a scene from Pink Narcissus of the titular character do it having like a silt wrestle <laughs> with the creature from the Black Lagoon and all of it being glitter just made me so happy. <laughs> but still, anyway, I shouldn't keep remaking these oldies. The silt is incredibly effective and it's really beautiful with that dramatic score as well. Um, and I was asking how on earth that creature actor is breathing, yeah. which is me getting round to that bit. Is Mark dead? I was genuinely shocked at that. And he was. He, yeah, well, I mean... He bloody died. Well, he lived by the sword, didn't he? You know, he was very much... He did seem to have that, like... What's it called? The than the death urge. Oh he yeah. Was, you know, it did. It, it didn't surprise me that. Uh, what's the Greek word for that? Than- what Thanos? Than- uh, Thanos is death. Yeah, so it's like than- thanatophile. Right. Than- a thanatophilic drive. Wow. There you go. Well, him floating <laughs> up is a really stunning album oh, it's, cover. It's I lovely, would have that as the and album And it's a horrible, cover. you know, because you, we see it from the boat as well, yeah. you know, and it's just seeing it come up and wondering who it is at first as well, even though. Is that why we're told about the bends? Because oh. he just floats up, and that's not what you do. Not you what, stay yeah. under the surface to let the pressure ease. Yeah, it could be. No, because the no, other so guy just comes up and he does it anyway. Fine. And they yeah. said you did that too quick, and he's like, "Well, yeah, it's better it. than." Well, and and also, like, absolutely, like you know, there are professional divers will tell you that there are periods of time when you give yourself the bends because it's better than the, the being eaten absolutely. by a sea monster. Yeah. yeah, rubber glove is back and in the window, <laughs> uh, it's sort of creeping on the guy in bandages. Yeah, well, so 
also in the background of this, they're trying to clear some logs that have blocked their way out of the lagoon. Yeah. Right? Which is just not dramatic, however much they try to make it so. No. It's one of those things that probably was better in script, sounded yeah. more impressive than they could make it in, yeah. even with the even with the vast resources of Universal Studios. But what the reason it's interesting and the reason that I pull it up here Yeah. is because we were talking about the creature's motivations and what it was doing and whether it was just like an animal that was responding to yeah. people messing up its habitat. Yeah. But that this suggests like a level of planning and forethought that would elevate him slightly above Well that's because you're supposed to be a bit human. Like right? it, exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's all it was just worth noting because yeah, it means that he's making plans. Then we get this uh, bizarre thing where we decide we're going to essentially water gun... Well, actually, we're going to use the dead guy's oxygen pump and fill it with Oh yeah, um, the poison More stuff. More fish poison, yeah. And spray it directly into his face. And he's like, oh, we don't have a lot. So in the process of making it, we're going to spill it, we're going <laughs> to test it by putting a load of it into the water we're about to dive into. I did realise after I wrote you're about to get in that water, don't drug yourself. He is breathing oxygen from yeah. it, so we're fine. But it's so drama and it's so ridiculous. Uh, high as a kite and clearly angry about <laughs> it, the the creature, mm-hmm. when he does get shot in the mouth. But it is lovely scenes of that white fluid coming... <laughs> the white oh. fluid hitting the uh, hitting the creature in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And gorgeous shot coming out of the water, yes. Coming out the coming out the water... Mm-hmm. Carrying the girl, doing the whole, like, caveman, ugh, Yes. You know. And I said it doesn't look comfy, and that was her lying down. So, obviously, the famous shot of, of Julie Adams being patched up by an on-site nurse with a couple with, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon and <laughs> one of her co-stars next to her, like, all looking quite concerned and smiling. But it's because he couldn't see in the suit he was carrying her in, <laughs> and she was pretending to be unconscious at the time, and he just smacked her head against the plaster. Yeah. It's, like, all fake rock because it's in the studios, and she's just like, um... <laughs> he said that she was kicking her legs, which is a really odd image. You'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't see her anyway. No. You can't see you've hit her on the head. Well, that's the thing. You know, we said, like, how can he breathe underwater? And the answer is he, 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 he can't, is and he can't. And, and, then you, it. and then the next question is, like, how can the actor see in that costume? And the answer is... He can't. Also, he can't. Yeah. I mean, which makes me really sad that, that that neither of them were credited. Yeah. Know? Like, it feels really like an extra kick. Although, um, yeah, although we saw them both interviewed. Um, Rico is still with us. The swimmer, uh, is he? Yes. Uh, he's, uh, he's still around. Testament um, to so, swimming. And, you know, and interviewed at some point in the 90s here. He says he gets fan mail every week pretty well for this film that he made. You yeah, know, five letters odd, a month, he says. 60 odd years ago. Yeah. That, um, and Ben Chapman is has since died but it interviewed in the uh, in the documentary that we saw he, he was a very old he was man, old man yeah. uh, you know um, s- spoke sort of quite movingly about like the fans and the fact that they yeah. kept the film alive and he that people care that, that basically that yeah they didn't get the credit they deserved but that thankfully they both lived long enough that they were able to find out that, that what the this thing that they made when they were very young yeah was loved means a lot to a lot of people it does yeah yeah, yeah, people love a creature. Something comes out of the cave at them. I didn't know if it was meant to be a bat, but it also looked like a penguin. It might yeah. have been like a rogue bird. <laughs> it's a puppet, so there's no actual need for it to be there. No, yeah, it's a strange I don't thing. know why it's it there at fit. all. It no. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, 
they definitely could have hit David there. Why is he so impervious to harm? Um, yeah, the person that comes out and just starts randomly, wildly firing into the grotto. I know. That so could have hit David or anybody else, like even the camera crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but also I couldn't understand why he was impervious to harm uh, the, the creature. Is it a thick skin? Is it? That, well, yeah, I mean, I sort of rationalised in my head that he's got like very sort of scaly, thick skin, so the yeah. bullets are not really sort of... But, but I mean, but things that not... live in the water are quite notoriously <laughs> floppy. Yeah, but I was thinking uh, crocodiles and alligators would be the thing that I would... They're say. not they're, hard to they're shoot. Quite... Uh, fair enough, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're hard to, like, aim at. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I, I, they're, not, they're not in an armoured suit, are they? They're, they're, a bit, they're a bit rough around the edges. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to Google how easy it is to <laughs> shoot a crocodile. I just thought they had quite tough hides. Maybe they do. I don't know. They look like they're tough. Um, well, they have crocodile skin shoes and handbags and stuff. Well, that's not very tough. That's not suppose, bulletproof, No, is it? but then I suppose, yeah, they also have leather and cows are definitely not bulletproof. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate this. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're right. No in-universe in explanation is given for this other than that, like he's a strange sea creature that we don't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, you can you can write your own, but they don't bother to explain it, really. But then guess what? What? The end. <laughs> it's another one of these films that's like, we did it! And then they they end it. But obviously they ended it that way so that they could have sequels. Yeah, no, it's clearly... It's ambiguous on purpose. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't hold it against them at all, actually. No, and the the grotto set is absolutely beautiful as well. Yeah. Um, when we get that shot of the chained up K on the sort of... Yeah bridal bed slash sacrificial altar slash whatever it is uh, yeah um is something like a painting or from a it made me think of like the silent era big oh yeah cost big tableau things like the cecil b DeMille, cleopatra yes absolutely sort of large-scale productions like that yeah, yeah definitely i have Three top facts. One of them's not that interesting, but the other two I really liked. <laughs> okay, yeah, go on. The one that's not interesting to me, but will be to some people, okay. is that um, the sequel to this, which I think is Revenge of... Revenge of the Creature? The Creature, like yeah. yes, is Clint Eastwood's first film. Right? Wow. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> baby man in it. And they also gave... They gave Rico a an out-of-costume cameo as one of the scientists in, ah, in the right. lab, so he gets actual screen time in that Lovely. one. Lovely. So that he could be credited as being in the film. Okay, right. That's number one. Number two, this is in order of liking, it's the first film Stephen King recalls watching, <laughs> which I think is important <laughs> yeah. for how we well, view again, Stephen King. Much like Steven Spielberg, he's exactly the right age to yeah. have grown up with this. Yeah, totally. I also is. Uh, does that mean Tim Burton also is? Or is he a bit younger? He's a bit younger, but I I feel like a lot of these old monster movies were in sort of fairly heavy rotation yeah. on the telly back then. You know, we've talked about this on Fright Night. Yes. And about how it's a love letter to these in a lot of ways because they were just on the telly all the time. Yeah, totally. And my favourite one is that Rico Browning had a toilet scare while filming. What, what is a toilet scare? He frantically needed the bathroom, right? but was in the suit. Oh. And so, in an effort to get somewhere to pee as, or to, to do the other one as quickly as possible, uh-huh. he popped up on a beach and absolutely <laughs> scared the bejesus out oh, of a woman and her young daughter. Yeah. 
<laughs> High speed running out of the water to poo in front of a woman and her tiny child. Who, of course, haven't, haven't seen There's the creature no film in the yet. film yeah. hasn't been released yet. They're making it. <laughs> Just a sea monster runs out of the sea. That's marvellous. Isn't it? And I don't know if it's... it's I, I guess it's better that he probably would have taken his head off and stripped out of it, but is it really traumatising <laughs> to that child? Well, it's quite traumatising if a sea monster like pulls his own head off and then does a poo. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? If, what if, is trauma? <laughs> if you are that child, you know, if, if yeah, you right are in. that child and you are listening, get in touch. Yeah. We're thinking <laughs> of you. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. I, did you enjoy it? I think so. I think it was the pacing wasn't what I was expecting at all. I really enjoyed it for the artistry, but I don't think I enjoyed it as a film. Yeah, with a plot. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I th- I think it suffers from having so many like crappy imitators that which oh, I have okay. seen as yeah, well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, the, do you know the other thing it really reminded me of was Toxic Avenger. Ah, not right, really yeah. sure why. No, well, I um, guess it's because it's a creature feature homage thing. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's I don't know, it's it has that vibe. Any sort of green. And an outcast. Yeah. You know, as in, like, wanting to be... If you personify him like that, yeah, wanting this... to be the in, involved and being like, oh, no. Yeah, and the sort of His environmental <laughs> message is, is yes, there as exactly. well. Yes, so. exactly. I've just got a little bit about... Because it remains... Unremade? Is that a phrase? Does so it? There were the sequels, um, but nobody's done, a, like, a... A remake of it yet. Well, Michael Fassbender, get on it, mate. Well, I, I have a little list of people who were, like, really? attached to it at various points. And wow. It's, and I think it's interesting reading. So, John Landis was going to have a go in 1982. So, immediately after American Werewolf, oh. he was working on... He was. He did. I don't know how much work he got oh, done. That would have been cool. But that was that was lined up for his project after that. Then he ended up making, I think it was the Twilight Zone movie, where he get, killed a stuntman. That's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks just, for that, Ben. just by the by. Just to end um, it on. Yeah. And then about a decade later, uh, in the early 90s, John Carpenter was looking at it. Um, Sweet. And apparently Rick Baker, the the it's monster a... guy, was attached to it then. It didn't happen. Yeah, but it's also not serious enough for Carpenter. Mm. You know, I no, know I know did... exactly what you mean. Yeah, Even though he did the thing. You know, yeah, like... and, and, you know, like some of his movies are sort of a bit more comedic. I mean, he also made Big yeah. Trouble in Little China. Yeah, but it's not... That still takes itself seriously in a way, like it takes itself seriously as a comedy. Yeah. Whereas you couldn't really do that with a creature from the Black Lagoon. You'd either need to make it Dark Knight Batman dark. Right. You know. Which would be awful. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, well, it, it just doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't yeah. actually need to be anything like that. Or you'd need to make it like highly stylized, like Miller style. Right. Yeah. You know, cartoonish. Yes. To, to get away with John Carpenter, I mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's people that could do it differently. I would quite like to see... Oh, sorry, you've got more people. I've got two more. Two yeah, more names. Peter Jackson was looking at it for a while. Ugh, no. But then he decided to do... He did King Kong instead, basically. Gross. I hate. And, uh, and, of course, Guillermo del Toro was... Um, uh, yeah, of course. The, well, he basically the... made two, and, didn't well, he? Well, he? He made the character from Hellboy. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As the prototype. And yeah. then he made... Um, um, the Shape of Water, which Shape is, of Water, which is, is not... I think, better than a remake of. Oh, absolutely! It but it's weird that these things only like that. If he'd, if somebody at Universal had been more accommodating, yeah. I mean, it's a good job they weren't, because then we might not have got the Shape of Water. It's true. 
that yeah that he did want to make the film but then because he couldn't he ended up just making as you say these two other films that... I'm, going, I'm going super controversial do you know do you know who i would have make it no where's anderson <laughs> what i would have him do it as a stop motion but i mean i suppose he's done the life aquatic <laughs> no as a stop motion like as oh, in, right. like he did fantastic mr fox yeah his version of creature from the black lagoon in stop oh. motion would be absolutely stunning i think and he could make it kid friendly but it would be great That's out there, but I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it, but fair. But it's not. Yeah. I well, the only other person I could think of is absolutely an uh, in the moment was absolutely a no. But then I thought, wouldn't it be funny if? And it's the New Zealander, right? Who's everywhere? Take a Waititi. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like a weird mockumentary. But yeah, of, I guess it, is it just because the creatures he's everywhere at the moment? Yeah. 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 I think that's us, dear. Th- yeah, I'm, yes. Happy with that. Yes. Um, what about next time? And when is next time? When it, well, when is next time? I don't know. We'll work it out. But next time... Next episode, whenever that may be, in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, we will be looking at... Drum roll, please. And finally, Scream. Dun, dun, dun. Do you think I said it too too quietly? I can always amplify in the edit. Scream! <laughs> Scream! Do you like scary movies, Sandy? Wes Craven's 1996 <laughs> horror... Slasher. Yeah. It's a teen slasher. Yeah. yeah. Which isn't really a couple of words you want put together, but that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, join us for that. Thank you for being with us here today. If you have any thoughts, on, yeah, that's all. If, if you have any thoughts on the film that we have watched, uh, or anything else, basically you want to talk to us about, do get in touch. We're on hauntedpicturepalace at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. We're on the Instagram at yeah. haunted underscore picture underscore palace, yes. and we're on the Twitters at HPP Pod. That's that's all, isn't it? That's <laughs> that us. is everything. That is yes. everything. This is, um, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Don't have nightmares. Oh, bye! Bye. Bye, everyone, bye. See you then. We get some lovely exposition. What are you doing? No, you carry on. Okay, were you eating your mustache? You said a bit of... Squash my mustache. <laughs> I thought you were reacting to what I was saying. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Um... Hello, everyone. It's Ben in the edit here on a slightly inferior microphone. So we recorded this week's episode on quite a windy night, uh, where a couple of things just fell over in the flat. Uh, during the recording it turned out I think it was a painting fell off a wall in the other room and then a carrot fell in the kitchen Um, and then after all of these made us a little bit jumpy Amelia brushed her foot against a pillow she didn't expect to be there so what follows are the three bits of sound clip that were edited out from the master recording when those three things happened which um, I decided to leave in because it's a bit spooky, isn't it? Spooky, horror, horror-based, frightening. So, here you go. Underwater acting? Is this... What was that? Don't know. Just a dog going...
knows? It was in the house, though. I thought so. Could have been the bathroom door. It's closed now. It didn't sound like a door. It sounded like something falling over. Oh, it might have been something in the kitchen. <laughs> if it's bread, we genuinely have a poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, I've got problems. It's, I mean, it's not me. It's, uh, yeah. No? Thing. Ah, that's exactly the sound. Resting yeah. against the back of the door. Yeah. I should have paused for that. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you get to hear. Muggins who gets to edit it out anyway. Panic breathing. Um, what was I saying? We were talking about the underwater photography. We were. Were you going to sneeze? No. Oh. Uh, Black Lagoon. <laughs> Beautiful. Scuba diving doesn't look safe. <laughs> You don't risk your actors. Underwater acting. Oh, uh, someone... Ab what is that? I don't know what that was. Made me jump, that. Yeah, same. What is... Can you pause it? Yeah. Where did we get to before we were interrupted by whatever that was? By ghosts. Mm. Um... What? Interrupted by ghosts again. Yeah, that's the new name of the podcast. Well, yeah, we should stop recording this in this haunted cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Haunted picture palace, you're right. Where have I put it? Rubber gloves, ruining. And I think that's so that we maintain the idea that we might have... What? Jesus what Christ! That on. made me jump out of my skin, I don't know. What did? I didn't see anything, I just heard you go... <laughs> Sorry! <do that. laughs> I made myself jump before. Oh, that made me jump. Sorry, darling. That's alright, I'm going to talk... <laughs> Right, we're rolling again <laughs> in this haunted cinema. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm absolutely fine. You're absolutely fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. So, where were we? 